Jewel Radio presents What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use. everyone. I'm Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said, brought to you by Roar Publishing from Concept to Content. So we have a fabulous show lined up for you tonight, starting off with 14-year-old Canadian teen blogger, motivational speaker, and social activist Hannah Alper. She has just published her first book called Momentous Small Acts, Big Change, that explores the lies of the social activists who have inspired her and the significant impact they are making on our world, and that should be quite something. Yeah, 14 years old, published author. What have we done with our lives, Christine? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I want to re- retry. <laughs> a do-over. Okay. A do-over. A mulligan. We'll take yeah. a mulligan. There we go. <laughs> Juno-nominated singer-songwriter Warren Dean Flanders is someone else who's trying to create big change with his new single, Born for Greatness. It features KJ Appa from Riverdale on guitar. And he is hoping to empower anyone who has ever felt bullied or marginalized through this song and a social media campaign. He'll be here at the end of the show to perform it in our live studio sessions, so be sure to stay tuned for that. It is, in fact, the most wonderful time of the year, and we're going to learn how we can take our holiday cooking game to the next level with Top Chef Canada all-star and East Coast restaurant owner, Chef Todd Perrin. He's all about having fun in the kitchen, enjoying the process from start to finish, and we'll learn about how we can do that, too, and what we need to do that. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, because it is the season, Candace Derricks from lifeinpleasantville.com is going to tell us the best places to spot Santa in Ontario. Film critic Anne Brody has what to watch this weekend and will also be joined by Alison Gordon, the CEO of 48 North Cannabis Company, which is a licensed producer of medical marijuana, uh, to talk about how she wants to change the mainstream perception of cannabis use. We also have some contests to announce. First of all, a big congratulations to Christina Dragon from Toronto, Ontario, who won 60,000 IHG Rewards Club points, redeemable for a two-night stay at any Holiday Inn or Holiday Inn Express Hotel in Canada. Not bad. No. Now, after 22 years, the elves in Ross Petty's Holiday Extravaganza Factory are jumping for joy. Finally, they've created a family musical that's actually about Christmas. We're giving away family four-packs to see Ross Petty's A Christmas Carol at the Elgin Theatre in Toronto on Wednesday, November 29th at 7 p.m. Just go to whatshesaidtalk.com to enter. And be sure, if you haven't already done so, to join What She Said Wednesdays on Facebook Live at 10 a.m. We have some more great prizes we'll be giving uh, away Mm -hmm. uh, there. And we do it right there. We tell you what it is, and then at the end... Sandra Sandra Tang, one last last Wednesdays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't go anywhere. What She Said will be right back after this very short break. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270.
Welcome back. Joining us once again is Canadian teen blogger, motivational speaker, social activist, Hannah Alper, who has released her first book called Momentous Small Acts, Big Change at just 14 years old. Welcome back to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. I was on this show when I was really, really young, so it's really cool to be back here. (laughs) Really, really young. You're 14 now. You started blogging at nine. Yes. I know. It was amazing. Blogging at nine, but now you are a published author. Actually, I know how it felt when you saw the books because I watched your dad's periscope go yeah. up and you were blown away when you saw that it was books. very surreal because it's all of the hard work that I had put into it and my family and I had put into it really just adding up and so it was so cool and surreal see just really seeing it come together and come to life well the book explores the lives of the social activists who have inspired you and the significant impact they are actually making on our world yeah. why did you want to write this book Well, I think it's just another really amazing outlet for me to share what I'm passionate about. I mean, like you said, I started my blog when I was nine years old out of my love for the environment. And it's really just kept growing in my passions. And this is just such a great outlet for me to share what I'm passionate about in my messages. And I'm so excited to see what people do to make a difference right after they read the book. Well, it's called Momentous, Small Acts, Big Change. Yes. So um, I've read the book and, and I understand that it's just, it's the little things. It's the little things. And I mean, it really grew out of the idea that anyone can make the world a better place. No matter your age, where you live, how much money you have, you can make a difference. And it also grew out of the idea that it's the small things that add up to big change. The little tangible things that we do add up to make a big difference. And we have to do all of this together. We can't do it alone. So tell us. Who was the first person who inspired you at eight or nine or yeah. whenever you wrote your first blog? Who, yes. who, what was it? Who was it that mm-hmm. you said, I can say something? Well, it's Severn Suzuki, who is David Suzuki's daughter. And I didn't know that she was David Suzuki's daughter. And don't get me wrong, David Suzuki is obviously so inspiring. But her daughter, personally, is more inspiring to me because um, my mom showed me a Facebook video of this Dove campaign called Women That Should Be Famous. And one of those women was Severin Suzuki. She, at four years old, she launched her own uh, club about the environment and about animals. And by that time, I was just starting to discover about the damage to the environment and how it affects the animals. And it was amazing seeing her and watching this video because she has she's one of the biggest environmentalists and one of the biggest Canadian environmentalists. And at 13, 12 years old, she spoke at the United Nations. And when I saw that and I had seen how much she was doing at such a young age, I was so inspired. And this was in 1995, but I was so inspired by her and everything that she was doing. And I looked at her and her speaking and I asked my mom do you think that I can do that do you think that I can speak and people will listen and my mom said yes and so I think that 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 was she's really my biggest role model or my first role model and I'm really happy that I got to feature Severn as the first person in in my book because it's very fitting because she was my first role model and motivated me to go into public speaking so out of the 19 exclusive interviews that you conducted with activists celebrities youth change makers one of them of course Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafzai which one would you say has of the interview subjects has had the most impact on you overall 
Every single role model that I featured, they are my role models, are so incredible and have created such big change. But the ones that I really relate to the most are the youth that I featured in my book because I relate to them. Mm -hmm. I featured this uh, girl named Vivian Har, who at eight years old, uh, she was so passionate about child labor that she decided to do a lemonade stand for 365 days to get kids out of child labor. Now you might think, oh, it's a lemonade stand. It's not going to work. But in fact, in six months, she raised over $100,000 to get kids out of child labor. And by the time those 365 days were up, she got over 500 kids out of child labor. And so it's kids like her and people that I interviewed, like Malala, who's also a youth, Mm -hmm. who just kept reinforcing that motto that anyone can make a difference and that no matter how young you are, you can make a huge difference in the world. And I loved interviewing the young people. I think that I just really connected with them. And it was so cool talking to these people because they inspire me. What were some of the other topics uh, that that your yeah. the people you wrote about were passionate about? Yeah, so I featured issues like anti-bullying, poverty, education, clean water, indigenous rights and truth and reconciliation is something that I really wanted to focus on. And I got one of my friends who is an indigenous rights activist to talk about that. So many different issues that really that really are hoping I'm hoping that will educate people that will educate readers about these issues and see it from my view and see it from these from my role models view. So who who would you say the book is for? Is it for everyone? It's for everyone. It's for all ages and I I really believe that it's set up for all ages and it's for people who want to make a difference, for people who are looking to but don't know how or people that want that are already making a difference and want to take that next step on their journey. And I'm really really excited to see what people do after they read the book to make a difference. And how, how are yeah. you going to find out? Did you do social media, them? social media, yeah. social media, hashtag momentous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've been like looking and seeing people buying the book. So I'm really excited to see what people do after they, after they read it. So Hannah, for anyone listening, you are in terms of social justice, you are very precocious as yeah. are many of the, of the people who have inspired you. But Somebody who's older, who has not really turned their mind to it, could they could they do something? Would would something that they say today make a difference? Or is it too late? Something that an adult says? Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. You're never too young or too old to make a difference. Like it doesn't matter your age, you can make a difference in the world. Uh, there are so many activists that are of all ages. Craig Kielberger, he's he's a great example. He started when he um, the We organization when he was 12 years old. Now he's in his 30s and he is still going so strong and is one of the most successful charities in Canada. But what if you're 50 and you've never done anything? Well, then you can still you can still do something. I think raising awareness about an issue is something that's so important. Raising money is also like don't donating your money. But not just that, but donating your time mm-hmm. or your voice to causes is so important. And you can do that with any age, whether you're five or 50. It doesn't matter because it can. you can make a difference in so many ways, no matter how old you are. Hannah, when you, um, what grade are you in now, nine? I'm in grade nine, yeah, so, high school. But you didn't always have a great time with your peers at no. high school. No, last year, last year I didn't. Uh, people were sort of negatively judging every uh, my activism and what I was doing, and it sucked because this is something that I really love to do, and I didn't like the people weren't didn't like what I was doing because I 
was doing something that not a lot of my peers were doing, which was different. And a lot of they people were didn't envious because like you were in the spotlight kind of thing? Um, I really don't know. I think so. But I'm really happy that now there's this like positive environment all around me. And I just sort of tried to surround myself with positive people. So you're so busy. How, how are you? I mean, school. <laughs> it's hard. And, it's really hard. And it, everything is hard. And yeah, and I'm not very good with number with numbers. And so, you know, I have science this semester. And so it's definitely really difficult. But I really believe that my, my biggest champions besides my parents have been my teachers. Because whenever I've asked them, so I'm going to be away tomorrow. Is, is this okay? I'm going to be doing this. Is that okay? And they always say yes, because they understand how important this is for me and for the world. And they're just so great. They're, they're so gracious. And I, I love them. Do you what? still want to be a journalist? Yes, I would love <laughs> I I discovered that like maybe a year and a half ago or something. I started watching the West Wing, the, not the West Wing. Well, I do watch the West Wing, but the newsroom, which is the, oh, the show. The newsroom was yeah. a great show. Yeah, yeah, about broadcasting and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I just saw how busy it was. And I decided I want to do that with my life. Well, what what's next for you in the shorter term? <laughs> yeah, um, well, high school. Um, yeah. High school <laughs> is something that I'm definitely focusing on. And I'm really, I'm really excited because there's so many different people in high school with different interests. And so I love it. Uh, we Day, I'm doing We Day right now. And it's so much fun. And I love meeting youth from all across North America who are making a difference and changing the world. I love about We, we Day is you can't buy a ticket. You have to earn it, right? You, you earn it through service. And it's like it's this big community of young people who are passionate about creating change. Honestly, whenever I see the young people and whenever I meet them, I just feel constantly inspired by all the energy that they have to make a difference. Well, if you're meeting young people, what are we? <laughs> She's 14. <laughs> uh, there's so many adults that are making a difference. And I love meeting them too, like you guys. Okay, this is called, the book is called Momentous, Small Acts, Big Change. It is Hannah's voice. Is It's a call to action. And it is, she's at that Hannah Alper yes, on all social media. And the hashtag to tell Hannah, let you. Let her know what you've done once you've read the book and the little change you make is just hashtag moment us. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This is what she said. Stay with us. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. All-Star, an East Coast restaurant owner who's going to help us take our cooking game to the next level as we enter into the holiday season. Welcome, Chef Todd Perrin, to What She Said. Thanks so much. Now, let's start out by talking about the journey 
before the food hits the table. Because preparing a meal can often seem like a tedious task because, you know, I go home every day and I get the, what's for dinner? And it's like, (laughs) I don't know, what are you making? Um, But... But you're all about having fun in the kitchen. So how do we do that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we kind of, people tend to overthink, you know, cooking and food these days because there's so much media about it and it's all these competitive shows and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, you know, which I've been part of. But, uh, but you know, it's really about connecting with your family and your friends and enjoying yourself and having fun. So, you know, just kind of relaxing around it and just take the stress out of it because, you know, you're not, you know, you're, you're not trying to cure a disease. You're just trying to you know, <laughs> feed your family, right? So what do you do if you're like me and you're single? And we talked about this. You're, you know, I admire people who go home and make a meal and set the table. And uh, but it's it's really hard because you're making just a tiny amount, and I don't want to eat it for ten days. No, I mean I think it takes a little bit of practice. Of course, you know, like cooking for one can be a challenge for sure. But uh, it takes a little bit of practice. But you know, part of the cooking routine and part of cooking for yourself is about making time for it in your day. So you have to think about the, your day, think about what you do, think about what you spend your time on. So maybe take 10 minutes that you're on your social media or 15 minutes that you're on your social media and set that aside and actually spend it in the kitchen. Because we have time. We just use it in different ways. So right? how do I have fun with it, though? Do I turn up the radio? Exactly. And- yeah. Glass of wine, turn up the radio. <laughs> Dance around the kitchen. Yeah. You know, it's all, you know. We're, Drop we're, the odd thing on the floor. We're not, in, we're not in pioneer days anymore, right? So, you know, it's not like you are you have to go out and, uh, uh, you know, hew your water from the river and, 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 you know, wash your laundry on a rock. Like, you actually have the, the, com- the conveniences at home. I mean, so yeah. it's, not, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. I used to know somebody who actually got on uh, Skype and would cook with a friend. Yeah, of course. That's a good idea. So yeah, that's yeah. great. Now you're the chef and co-owner of Mallard Cottage in St. John's. You've developed some recipes just in time for the holidays with Paderno. That's the cookware. That's right. Line. Yep. So tell us about all that. Yeah, well, uh, Paderno, uh, Paderno and I have kind of teamed up and partnered. I, I said, I've been saying uh, we were partners long before uh, they realized it because I've had a set of Paderno pots for 20 odd years. This was the first thing I did when I went to cooking school in Prince Edward Island was head up to the factory and buy myself a set of pots and I still got them and they're still like the day I bought Perfect. them. Perfect. Yeah, no, they last forever, so it's awesome. But yeah, we, we teamed up and we've uh, we kind of put together some recipes and some ideas and, and kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're having online presence with that and we're also sending that out we sent it out to a bunch of kind of, you know, media influencers and Instagram mm-hmm. bloggers and stuff like that and let them have some fun with, you know, with Paderno pots, with, with, a, with the frying pan in particular, and just taking the ideas that we put together on paper and let them fool around and put their own twist on it, right? I am curious. 20 years you've had those pots. Yes. But how have things changed? How have companies like Paderno changed what they offer or have they not is it still the same well i think you know uh, paderno pots for eternity i mean they, they literally last forever i've been joking for years you can you know you can use them as a step stool then you can make a pot of soup in them right they're just they're indestructible and they're beautiful and they, they work really well and they're a joy to cook with so you know like part of what we focus on at my restaurant mallard is you know local ingredients so that goes beyond just the food it's also you know the things you use to cook mm-hmm. so you know we cook over local Newfoundland wood, I use you know Paderno cookware from the East Coast. I didn't realize Paderno was from the East Coast. It's like yeah, Canadian only Canadian major cooking manufacturer of cookware that there is, and uh, and they're in PEI. So right, right, literally right next to where I went to cooking Who school twenty odd years ago. Yeah, Who knew we're yeah. all about supporting local and Canadian Absolutely. companies. So, oh, and especially when you know the pan seared cod with chickpea stew that I am looking at a photograph of here it was cooked in in. In a frying pan, yes, I would say it's it a one-dish kind of. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, basically you can make your make your stew in the pan, kind of set it aside and clean. You give your pan, a, your nonstick paterno pan a wipe out and then just stir your piece of fish in there and away to go. So, you know, again, it's about the enjoyment of it, right? So, you know, it's like people like to drink their wine out of a really nice glass. You should, you know, appreciate cooking your food in a really nice pot. And paterno provides that. And, and you know, again, beautiful, but also quality. And, and uh, you know, it, they make the whole process more fun. Well, you said you, you cook using, you know, Newfoundland wood and everything. Does how do you think that your East Coast roots influence the way you cook and what you cook? Uh, I mean, you know, where we are again, our restaurant is is firmly uh, focused on local food. So we're ninety five percent or more food from Newfoundland and Labrador. So um, you know, we we think that what's in our backyard is you know the best quality. It tells a story of where we're from mm-hmm. uh, in a way that we like to promote and. Uh, you know, we live on an island in the middle of the ocean. We're surrounded by the best seafood in the world, you know, so obviously we have to use that. And I mean, Newfoundlanders being Newfoundlanders, like, they, they want you to wave the flag. So uh, we wave the flag uh, because, you know, we love where we're from and we're proud of it. So that goes from, you know, the music, the art, our great, uh, you know, actors and musicians we send out across the country and the world, but it also goes for our food, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you've said that your Top Chef Canada experience reinvigorated your passion for exploring Newfoundland classics. Uh, it's true. I mean, uh, you know, when I went on when I went on the show in season one, uh, I was kind of not working in a restaurant anymore. I, would, you know, my family and I had a B and B we were running, and I was kind of edging my way out of kind of the food business, and uh, you know, for all kinds of reasons. But uh, when I did the show, it kind of resparked the you know the fire in my belly to get back at it, and kind of. Uh, you know, I looked in the mirror one morning and said, well, geez, I'm actually pretty good at this thing, so maybe <laughs> I should give it another whirl. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, Mallard Cottage wouldn't exist uh, if it hadn't been for my experience on Top Chef, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here talking to you. It's so. one of the top restaurants in the country, in the whole country. Yeah, we're doing okay, you know. It's uh, <laughs> You're being a little humble Yes, there. I think. <laughs> no, well, you know, we, we get up and do what we do, and we try to improve every day. And, you know, we're, we're no different than any other restaurateurs. It's a tough business, and we work hard. And uh, we're fortunate that people are responding in a positive way to what we're doing. And you've expanded. You have an inn now. We opened an inn in June, yeah. Uh, so that's right across the street from the restaurant. So the Inn by Mallard Cottage. we got eight rooms, eight beautiful rooms there in a traditional Newfoundland style right on the waterfront in Kitty Vitty Village. So, uh, so yeah, and we're working on a few other projects too. So uh, things are things are happening in the East Coast. We have to go. Yeah, we have to go. You do have we to go. We absolutely have to go. So uh, Newfoundland cuisine, is it sort of shaped by the fact that you have all this fish and seafood or does it have its own peculiarities? I think that uh, obviously, the, you know, the main ingredients are, are the fish and the seafood that we have around us. I mean, Newfoundland cuisine is, is a, a bit of an oxymoron because we've become uh, a, quite a hot food destination the last, you know, nine, ten yeah. years, maybe even less. Uh, due to the work of you know, some good folks, you know, Jeremy Charles is the Sean Hussies, you know, the, the people that people know around uh, Newfoundland. Uh, Newfoundland cuisine traditionally is a very utilitarian dining. Like, uh, it's been a very tough place to live for a very long time, and people ate as fuel. It wasn't mm-hmm. really uh, designed, you know, people didn't sit down and have lavish dinner parties just to enjoy the food. You like, eat to, you, to live you rather to than keep live warm. to eat. Exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. So that, that's a relatively recent change in our culture on the East Coast because it's, you know, it's been a tough place to live, even to, even for now in rural Newfoundland. People work really hard to keep a roof over their heads. So, uh, so you know, I think that the evolution of it into a kind of a more modern fine dining, you know, quotation marks, 
uh, thing is is new, and uh, you know this, we have great ingredients, so it speaks to being you know a, a great culinary scene. Um, and as far as I, I just want to go back to the Paderno cookware because you know everybody you see sets, but what would you say the basics are that everybody should have in their kitchen? I mean, you know, I'm I'm partial to you know Dutch oven and mm-hmm. frying pan, so you know basically if you have those two elements. Uh, you know, you can do a lot. The roaster, the roasting pan that, that Paderno provides is also awesome. It's like three pots in one because there's a shallow lid, which you can use, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a big kind of a skillet. It has the deep roaster. Um, and then, of course, you can use them both together in tandem. But, uh, you know, uh, I always say if you have, you know, a pot and a fire, you can basically make anything happen. So uh, these Paderno pots, you can throw them right in the campfire if you like, and they scrub up fine. They're, you know, again, it's uh, it's very useful. They're very useful tools. And where can people find the rest? Recipes. The recipes are available online. So uh, through the Paderno, you, find, you search Paderno and search me, you'll find them all there. And uh, there's a bunch of different ones there. That pan seared cod is going in my belly. Yeah. <laughs> and, great, and some great photos of uh, Kitty Vitty and stuff too. So give people great. a taste for what we're doing down there as well. Well, Chef Todd Perrin, thank you so much for joining us tonight and reinvigorating us to, well, me anyway, to start cooking again. Well, well I, I, I'm, I'm going to be peeking through your window to see what you're drinking wine and dancing <laughs> while, while you cook. Okay. This is going to be a good Christmas. <laughs> this is what she said. We'll be right back. you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. What She Said is more than women-positive news. First, it's a radio show on the Jewel Network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35+. But What She Said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers, the ideal target market for your brand. What She Said features companies and trendsetters, those on the leading edge of fashion, business, lifestyle, entertainment, travel, technology, and finance. Get your brand on What She Said and get results. Go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Saturday night and the moon is who cares what picture you see. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is a dancing film critic, Anne Brody. And we are starting off with Murder on the Orient Express. What rendition of the story is this? Twelve. Twelve. No. Including video games. I mean, who hasn't done it? Yeah, I know. And we all know, speaking of which, we all know who did it. 
Well, we do. Well, Alex, it's no see, surprise. Alex, Alex here doesn't because he said I'm he's never he's that. never seen. Yeah. He's excited. He's looking forward. He's to never it. seen him. I, I How did you story. avoid it? Oh I've my word! I'm shocked, deeply shocked. Well, why would they? If yeah. if that's your reaction, why would they do it again? The only reason they've done this, nothing, nothing else, is stunt casting. Kenneth Branagh directs. It's got Michelle uh, Phillips. I mean, what? Who are some of these people? Kenneth Penelope Branagh's Cruz. in it. Penelope yeah. Cruz, William Defoe, Michelle Pfeiffer, Judy Dench, Johnny Depp. I mean, it's a great cast. But and why that's really would you? The only reason. But why would I? Like, if I was a Judy Dench, I don't think I'd want to do it. I'd say, who's going to come and see this? She movie? needs money, Chris. Yeah, we know. all need money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you'll go and fill her pockets and take a look. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is an Agatha Christie classic story. There's, there's. Well, no look doubt at the Mousetrap. How many years did that run in That's London? Or around the corner from your place? How many yeah, years that was, was a the Mousetrap running, Christine? That little theater up there. Oh, That's I know. right. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, indeed. Absolutely. I think it's still running in England. But the movie itself. Oh, the movie itself. I mean. So what? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I'll tell you something. I will go to see it for the, uh, and I'd recommend people go and see it for the art direction and to see how all these big stars have chemistry. I mean, that's fun. Yeah. Or at least to see if you've seen the other 10, 10 previously to see how this one's just a little bit different. Yeah, well, they, different costumes they have or their different work cut something, out for them. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you have an interview up on our site uh, with actress Greta Gerwig who just directed her first film called Lady Bird. And it is you, amazing. you think she's going to pick up nominations for I this? I certainly do. I, she, it's 100% trending on Rotten Tomatoes, the film. It is really well written. She wrote it. She directed it. It's just a little gem. It's a masterpiece. And it's got Laurie Metcalf in a you know, career-topping performance. From Roseanne? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. She plays the mother of Sorsha Ronan, who is having a – you know, existential dilemmas all these teens and adolescents have. Um, first of all, she renames herself Lady Bird for no real reason, and her mother's terrified of losing her. Uh, so it just follows them over a few months. It's so well observed and so real and intimate. You just love these people. You just, you, you are rooting this for them so hard, and she's going to do very well. The film's going to do great. Yay for yeah. Greta Gerwig. Now, do you see nominations for Daddy's Home too? <laughs> Golden Raspberry for Mel Gibson. <laughs> Back again, and Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Oh my God! Yeah, well, Mel hasn't John worked Lithgow. very much. Like money what? grabs. This this is my new mantra. It's a money grab. I'm sure there's you know plenty of money behind it, and uh, God bless them. But a lot of people are are just philosophically opposed to seeing it because of Mel Gibson. You know, that was a number of years ago. I don't know how to feel about that. But well, his racist rant? Yeah, and, and sugar tits to the cop and, you know, all Everything. of that. But he yeah, was no. drinking and he's, he's reformed now. Of course he is. Everybody's reformed. Uh, my friend Dahmer is also out. That stars That's Ross Lynch from the Disney Channel. Quite a different role for him, I imagine, playing... Um, well, it's an imaginary portrait of the serial killer. Yes, written by Jeffrey Dahmer's actual best friend from high school. So that's the content of it. But the style, it's like a dream. It's like watching a dream. It moves really slowly, really deliberately. And it follows Jeffrey Dahmer, who grew up in just a suburban mm-hmm. home with regular people. Well, his mother's kind of a nut, played by Anne Heche. 
Um, Who's but it's also kind of a nut. No, yeah. I didn't say. I, I did say that. Typecasting. <laughs> <laughs> but you've reformed. <laughs> So well, he has he has a hut outside, and he kills animals and saves their bones. And then, of course, over time, you know what direction he's going in. It, it never le- the film never leaves his adolescence, but it is one chilling, well made film. <laughs> really? Yeah. This guy Durf. I mean, I give him kudos for admitting that he was actually his friend. <laughs> and they knew that he was doing this to the animals, but I guess you know you don't really have that. Great judgment when you're an adolescent. Oh, I think you do. I think yeah. you do. I, I, if you see somebody torturing animals, I think. Well, he, he said that it was roadkill. He said it was roadkill. But not that that lets anyone off the hook, I suppose. Well, this next it's movie well is seeing. one of your favorites this week, Infinity Baby. Oh, it's so, it is one stylish black comedy starring uh, Nick Offerman, Megan Mullaney, uh, Kieran, uh, Kieran Culkin. Try saying that twice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about um, a future world where that's black and white, where you can buy babies that don't age. So you can imagine the, uh, the consequences of that on the planet. You mean on, they stay babies forever? They stay babies forever. Who would want one? Well, <laughs> a puppy maybe, but a, a baby, puppy. I don't a know. Puppy. Speaking of which, I saw uh, an elderly woman with Alzheimer's on TV yesterday, and they've given her a robotic cat. And it's really meaningful to her. Yeah. No mess. Yeah. yeah. It's love. It's a toilet trained puppy that stays a puppy forever, that's it. That's my dream, but not yeah. a baby. Not a baby. Oh, and, no. But the, a really funny subplot is uh, Karen Culkin um, always has his mother break up with his girlfriend's form. So he's a serial monogamous. So just, mom, turn her off. Mom, turn her off. It's hilarious. And, of course, there's tons more that we don't have time for, but it doesn't matter because we'll have it up on the website for Excellent. everybody to go and have check it out. Hooray. Hooray. Happy weekend, all. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Vixen and Blitzen and all his reindeer. Right, so it is the middle of November. So what is our travel expert, Candace Derricks, in to talk about today from lifeinpleasantville.com? The best places to see Santa around (laughs) Ontario. Welcome, Candace. Thank you. Thank you. I'm one of those people that I can't wait for Halloween to be over so that we can get on with the show. I am so excited. (laughs) Yeah, the big show. This is it, right? This is the season. I'm here. I'm all into Christmas. And... um, so I want to talk about Santa Claus because, uh, you know, it's a big part of the season. And, you know, maybe getting out and not seeing him at the mall and adding a little bit more magic into it, especially for little ones when they're seeing him. So there's some places around Ontario uh, that are really fun for kids to get up and close with the big guy. And one of them actually is Santa's Village in Bracebridge. And most people think that's only open um, you know, during the spring, summer, early fall months, but it actually opens for a short time uh, from December December 9th, 10th, 16th, 17th, and 23rd. Hmm. And so kids can go and uh, they can, it's called Santa Fest, and they can uh, do some of Santa's favorite activities, um, gingerbread cookie decorating, uh, visit the petting farm, marshmallow roasting, and of course, a visit with Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one is the Toronto Santa Claus Parade. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. You know, I've never been. You've never been? I am not from Toronto. Uh, I grew oh, up in true. I grew up in London, Ontario, and I live in Ottawa oh. now. 
So I've actually never been. So I grew up actually watching the parade on television. And I remember being so envious of all the kids lining the streets of this huge parade. Mm -hmm. So I have to say, if you live in Toronto, get out to see it. <laughs> oh, it's great. My, my sister-in-law yeah. was very clever. She'd always like find a place on the route, usually on Bloor Street, um, somewhere that had a balcony. That's and she'd great. either like rent the room or one with or a Or something. So something. there was a bathroom because yeah. I have been in the situation <laughs> where you get there hours before just mm -hmm. and you're waiting for the yep. big guy. And then you've got two little ones going, Mom, I have to go to the bathroom. And no and doubt you know, bundled up really tight well, too with all their clothes. Up. Right? And you've got eight Eight rows to get through, and you're never getting back in time to see Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. I think I think probably it's a bit. Of, it takes a bit of strategic planning. It I'm does. Sure. This yeah, is something you need to plan. Yeah. And so this year it is uh, Sunday, uh, November nineteenth, uh, the Santa Claus Next Parade. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, where I live, um, the Cumberland Heritage Museum Village. My kids have been to this many times, and it actually is a little village that represents life during the 1920s and 30s. And so kids can go and get a little bit of history rolled into their visit with Santa. Aww. They can go on a horse-drawn carriage ride, decorate cookies, step on some hot chocolate and mm -hmm. before they get their time with Santa. Mm -hmm. um, another one that's really interesting to me is in Smith's Falls. Do you know, are you familiar? That's mm -hmm. eastern Ontario. Mm -hmm. yep. They have the North Pole Express. So every year the Railway Museum of Eastern Ontario hosts the North Pole Express. Uh, this year it departs on December 2nd and 3rd. So if you want tickets, I suggest you get them quickly. They will sell out fast. And one of the boxcars this year is being transformed into Santa's workshop. Ooh. So uh, kids actually get to go and build a toy of their own while they're there. Uh, another one is the Hockley Valley Brunch with Santa. Hockley Valley is just north mm -hmm. of Brampton. And uh, this one, I like brunches. I remember doing this as a kid. Um, I think my parents really love them too because then they didn't have to feed anybody for the rest of the day. <laughs> so, uh, but they get all the kids in and they have like the selfies with Santa contest that they have running this year, a coloring contest. Um, and then where I grew up uh, in London, Ontario, uh, Fanshawe Pioneer Village. And of course, this is a nice, nice little way to... Well, win mm -hmm. some history for the kids mm -hmm. uh, as well. And uh, they have a pancake breakfast, gingerbread decorating, and a wagon ride through the village before you get to meet with Santa. Candace, how old are your children now? Mine are 13 and 15. So what are you going to do? Because I'm thinking teenagers don't really want to oh, go and sit on Santa's knee My anymore. kids, you know, uh, my father, now I'm 48, okay? My dad has never admitted to me that there isn't a Santa Claus. Well, no, I've never admitted it either. So that's what I mean, right? That's what I say to my kids. If you don't that's believe it. in Santa, then I don't know what's going to happen, nothing whether you'll get you. anything. So or... my kids have been on this, you know, I went through this with my dad too as a teenager. I'm like trying to get him to admit. Come my kids on. are Right. My kids are doing that to me now. And I'm like, no, there's a Santa. I don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, you know, it, it makes the season fun. It's um, also like with the tooth fairy. You never admit that there's no tooth oh, fairy. Oh, our tooth fairy was a jerk. Like, always late with money. Like, just, our tooth fairy was awful. We just got the worst one. I hear some people have better yeah. ones, but our tooth fairy was, like, really yeah. a jerk. Now, the other, the other thing, Candace, too, is every small town has their own They Santa do, Claus and go parade. look at them, yeah. If you can't make it to any of the ones that you've mentioned, if you yeah. don't happen to live nearby, check out the small town near you, and yeah. they'll have something. Absolutely. And I just want to mention one more one, one last one, is that's a Chateau Laurier in Ottawa. Oh. It actually has tea. With Santa. Oh, I might go to that. And that, it's in Zoe's Lounge. Have you ever been? 
No. Zoe's Lounge is beautiful and it's just being um, refurbished right now and it's just, it's so pretty. So I would highly recommend that one in Ottawa because it actually becomes a nice family tradition that families do year after year. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm yeah. up for afternoon yeah. tea anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even <with> Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a lot more listed than just what we've talked about today on so, Life in Pleasantville. Yeah. And people can go find the whole list there and I've asked people to actually give me um, events they know about. I'll add it to the list. Okay. Well, we're going to check that out because, yeah. uh, you you never know. Exactly. You know. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This is what she said, and we'll be right back, and you'll be back uh, in a few weeks. I am. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it, to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss with added B vitamins for energy and leucine. Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSSRADIO at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit MyBoomerNutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. You're listening to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use on Jewel Radio. Welcome back. We've talked about the Ontario government's plan to manage the sale and use of recreational marijuana. But tonight, we're taking a look at the marketing and branding aspect to all of this. Joining us now is Alison Gordon, the CEO of 48 North Cannabis Company, a licensed producer of medical cannabis in Canada. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you're an expert cannabis marketing strategist. And with the upcoming legalization in Canada next year, you want to change the mainstream perceptions of cannabis use. So tell us about that. 
Oh, that's, you know, there's there's a lot about cannabis that I think people are starting to learn and realize. So right now we're in a medical system in Canada, and the company that I run is licensed by Health Canada, and our clients will be patients who have a prescription from their doctor. And there's, you know, we could do a whole segment just on medical cannabis for sure. We've worked with patients who have just seen unbelievable changes in their lives from getting off opioids to helping to manage cancer treatment, all sorts of things. But coming July 1st, we all know Trudeau has said we are going to legalize uh, cannabis, which is very, very exciting. The challenge, of course, from our perspective as the only legal entities that are allowed to be growing and selling cannabis is that we don't 100% understand yet what some of those things will look like, including what you're asking me about marketing and branding and public perception. Right now, we are not allowed to market and brand at all, which makes it all the more creative for me to figure out how we are going to differentiate ourselves amongst our competitors. We're assuming, of course, as we move to legalization, there will be some restrictions, but it won't be necessarily as onerous as a medical system kind of like pharma. So really what we want to do is have people understand why they should, the first and foremost will be why they should be accessing cannabis through a legal mechanism when right now and probably into July, you're going to see many illegal dispensaries still out there. So that confusion will be our first order of business in terms of education. So Allison, what is, in your view, Mm -hmm. the mainstream perception of cannabis use? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of issues. I think there is an older generation that believes that cannabis is a gateway drug to heroin and all these other things, of which there's absolutely no evidence. This is just not the case. I mean, we don't really have on record, to my knowledge, any deaths from cannabis. Um, There really isn't any research that shows that somebody starts using cannabis and then they move on to hard drugs. So I think that's something that's changed with a younger generation, but for those of us, including myself, who saw all the ads, this is your brain on drugs and all that kind of stuff, there is this perception around cannabis as this hardcore drug. And then, of course, in the U.S., it's the Schedule One drug, and they had that whole reefer madness out of the William Randolph Hearst mm-hmm. era. And so a lot of that sort of what people call propaganda has, has stayed with that. But then there's this other challenge, which is completely different, which I just spoke to, which is these dispensaries that are popping up everywhere in certain cities throughout Canada. And people think, oh, that's what Trudeau's talking about, though. That's the legalization. And that's really not what the dispensaries are. They're something else. um, And many are trying to be part of a legal system. But right now, that's not actually legal or regulated. So part of this is misconception that we're all the same, not understanding that companies like mine are licensed and regulated by Health Canada, we're growing to almost a pharmaceutical grade in terms of there's no metals, heavy metals, no molds, no pesticides. We're highly regulated. Now, well, actually, two out of three of the you know local shops have closed in, in my neighborhood because right. they figured that, I mean, I think they were trying to be ahead of the game because they thought it was going to be legalized and when they found out that it wasn't in that sense for them mm-hmm. as distributors um, and that it'll be done just through the, what's well, 40, 40 shops now? I don't, below. it keeps changing. I think they've identified 15 locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first of all. Um, but uh, parents are expressing concern. Right. So when do you think we should be educating our children 
about cannabis and how do we position Right. So I have two boys, 12 and 14. I've been working in the industry for four years. So I've been having to speak to them since they were, I guess, you know, 10 and eight. And we were in a medical system that was a lot easier conversation. It's something that you get a prescription from your doctor. It's treating certain illnesses. Now we're moving to the recreational side. And I understand many parents think, well, this is just legitimizing cannabis for young people. And if the government's saying it's okay, how are we going to say that they can't or they can? And I mean, I would say first and foremost that Cannabis, marijuana, it's not something that's been very difficult to get prior to legalization. So if it's something that your teenager was going to do, they Mm. could pretty easily get access to it. So the conversation is probably the same on the front of wanting to talk to them about brain development, understanding how to be careful and what they do. But what legalization does that's really helpful to parents is there is actually a mechanism by which you aren't your kids aren't going into neighborhoods or dark alleys or places that they would go before to get cannabis that there will be people like at the LCBO regulating the age of people coming in plus there is as i said regulations around what is actually in the cannabis that you're buying when you buy it from a legal mechanism like a licensed producer like 48 North. So right now there was a report that there was fentanyl in some Mm -hmm. cannabis. I don't know whether this is true or not true, but knowing what's in your cannabis and more importantly, what you're actually buying. So the dosages or the percentages of THC, you can have those conversations with your kids and say, if this is something that, or your teenager, I should say, if this is something that you're thinking about, let's sit down and talk. There are different types of cannabis. Some aren't as strong as others. Again, you want to think about brain development and the recommended ages, but we want to talk about if you're going to be doing this anyways, what is the right way to do it? And let's be open and have that dialogue. Now, you uh, the regulations around distribution and marketing of recreational cannabis yes. are still up in the air. Yes. Uh, but the government has proposed some restrictions on advertising. Uh, what are they? And do you think this will make it harder for buyers uh, to educate themselves? I do worry about that. We don't know 100% what that's going to look like. But I agree with you. There's we just as I just mm. said, there's many different strains. Some have very high levels of THC, THC yeah. being the yeah. cannabinoid that has a psychoactive event um, effect. You have CBDs, which is another cannabinoid that a lot of people have been talking about, which has no psychoactive effects and is very good for inflammation and all sorts of other things. And when you balance the two, that can help people not get knocked down or feel too high or have their heart race. So I believe it's very important that we're going to be able to educate consumers about cannabis and what its benefits could be and what might be the right choice for you. And that actually could be very helpful to people's experience with it. Whether or not the government's going to let us do that, we just don't know. Well, I mean, this this changing perceptions isn't something new to you because you were the co-founder and executive vice president of Rethink Breast Cancer. Yes. Do you find any similarities between the two industries and what you have to do? It's funny, yeah. I mean, 100%, when we started Rethink Breast Cancer, we were decided we wanted to engage young people in the cause, which nobody was doing, and work with young women with breast cancer. And we had decided, you know what, 
We're not really going to be about pink ribbons and runs and all of those things. We wanted to modernize the movement. And when I started looking at the cannabis industry about eight years ago, I thought somebody needs to rebrand cannabis the way we've rebranded breast cancer. Now I recognize maybe I was a bit naive in terms of how <laughs> that was going to go by way of government regulation. But I think there's a lot of similarities there. There's one way that cannabis has been going. And we're living in a really exciting time if you step back and think about it. I mean, our children are our children's children. It's kind of like alcohol prohibition. They're not going to remember mm -hmm. the stigma that was attached to cannabis. And I think with Rethink Breast Cancer, we were absolutely doing the same thing, trying to bring to light that young women also get breast cancer and have special needs and, and needed the support of the community and the government as well. What's next for 48 North? Well, we are just taking down our crops and we are about to file for our sales amendment to our license. So we'll be out there. And obviously we're again in this medical market until July 1st. So a lot of this is about how do we build out and there's tons of mergers and acquisitions and we saw Constellation Brands, an alcohol company, come in and do a big purchase of one of our competitors. So... To say what's next is, it's like, what's next for this afternoon, really? Because the industry just moves at an insane pace. And again, sort of drawing on what I had just said before, it's not just that the industry is exciting and and that the consumer out there is going to have lots of choices. It's like thousands of people and millions upon mm -hmm. millions of dollars are pouring in. So it's kind of like, what's not next, really? Pretty exciting. It's very exciting, but at the same time, it's hard to know where to move when we don't yet have utter clarity on what recreation will look like. So you're kind of throwing spaghetti at some of the walls <laughs> and trying to have a good strategy at the same time. Well, Allison, thank you so much for joining us this thank evening and helping us sort of understand a little bit. And we'll have to have you back as the for landscape sure. and the regulations change and we find out more. I would love to come back. This is what she said. We'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. What She Said is more than a radio show. 
Connect with us online at whatshesaidtalk.com where you can watch full interviews and quick cuts if you're in a rush, enter big giveaways, read articles from our guest experts, and so much more. Join the conversation on social media at What She Said Talk. And don't forget, if you miss a show, you can catch up on our free Apple podcast. Subscribe and new episodes will automatically download to your device like magic. And now, more women-positive news you can use. This is What She Said. What She Said said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. What you're listening to is Born for Greatness, the brand new single by Juno-nominated singer-songwriter Warren Dean Flandes. Welcome back to What She Said. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. We're always happy to have you. Now, you're hoping to empower anyone who has ever felt bullied or marginalized through this song, and you say... You have experienced this in your personal and professional life in the music industry. Tell us about that. You know what? It's hard to be different, but it's so interesting to come to the realization that your individuality is your greatest strength. And that's what I've come to realize. I've felt, you know, my whole life, my whole career, you know, we're we're almost bred to like chase or be something else that we think society will accept us as. And with my music, it was kind of the same thing. And this was the, you know, one of the first projects that I really wanted to do something that was really for me. And it was all about just, you know, creating something that represented me and self, providing self-care and also, you know, spreading the message that, you know, other people can do the same and embrace their uniqueness. So you've started a social media campaign to go along with the single under the hashtag Born for Greatness. Yes. And now 100% of the proceeds from the first week single sales were donated to Music Heals in Canada. Yes. And VH1 saved the music in the U.S. But you haven't just released a single. Your album Speak is also out exclusively in Canada. Tell us what people can expect to hear on that. Speak is a collection of eight songs um, that I hope will, you know, like the title says, speak to people. This is, it's a call to action, really. It's a journey. If you listen, if you do listen to the record, please listen to it from front to end. It is a call to action for everyone. You know, there's a line in there that, re- in the title track of Speak, that says, We stand united, never divided. And that's what I want to do. I want to bring people together, no matter where they come from, no matter, you know, uh, what walk of life. I think we, as a, as a human race, need to all stand up together. Now, that's a message we, we all, all need to hear, certainly at, at this time. But how I want to know how you and KJ Appa, also known as Archie, <laughs> from the hit show Riverdale, got together uh, to do Born for Greatness. Oh, man, KJ, what a great guy. Super talented, amazing musician. If you think he's a great actor, he's an amazing, phenomenal musician. Um, my production partner, Jamie, we have a production uh, team called Have You Heard? And... Um, uh, he, Jamie does a lot of work with Riverdale um, on the production side and uh, invited KJ to be on this song. And KJ just, you know, came one day, threw down this killer guitar solo, and uh, the rest was history. Super nice guy. Wow. So where can people learn more about you and where can they get your music? Well, it's uh, the album is only exclusively on iTunes Canada right now, but the single is uh, out worldwide on all streaming platforms and download uh, platforms as well. 
And um, they can learn about me on my website, wdfworld.com. Also, warrendeanflatness.com. It all goes to the same place. And um, yeah, you know, send me a message you know, through uh, social media, WD Flandes, all my, is my social handle, and through the website. And yeah, I will respond, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Well, Warren Dean Flanders, thank you so much for joining us tonight. What she said will be back tomorrow, but don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And singing us out now, here is Warren Dean Flanders performing Born for Greatness. Thank you. You are what your heart desires The work, let it take you higher You can walk through fire Believe it, receive it Therefore, there ain't no restrictions Forget limitations, self-condemnation Oh, heaven on Carry the light Don't be afraid To be the love And let it shine The power is yours Reach out and take it You have been chosen You were born for greatness You were born for greatness so broken resurrect every word unspoken leave your heart wide open believe it receive it worth more than gold don't be another story that be left untold let your life unfold you were made to move us all heaven on earth carry the don't be afraid to be the love and let it shine. The power is yours. Reach out and take it. You have been chosen. You were born for greatness. It's a gift we've been given. It's our reason for living The mountain you're climbing The pain that you're feeling Will slay your Goliath Now this is our mission Embrace it Face it Don't waste it Go chase it Let's make love contagious That's why we're created That's why we're created Created for greatness when we play outside we become healthier both mentally and physically we become more creative and more focused we connect with nature each other and ourselves let's take this outside a new podcast hosted by me marianne iveson an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover 
I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.